Hello, beloved. Okay, we are busy with our weekly Bible study, and specifically, we are busy with pictures of the Holy Spirit. Now, it is actually so beautiful to to look at the different pictures that we find in the Scriptures with regards to the Holy Spirit. Now, we know, as God is Spirit, the Holy Spirit is also Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a... Uh, some other power, impersonal power. No, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. Right. So, as the Father is Spirit, and as the Son is Spirit, likewise the Holy Spirit is Spirit. And what we find in Scripture is we find pictures in the Bible that actually helps us to understand who the Holy Spirit is and what He does. We've already looked at quite a few uh, pictures of the Holy Spirit. We've seen that the Holy Spirit is like oil. Uh, we've also seen that uh, the Holy Spirit is like fire. Okay, And we've seen that the Holy Spirit is, um, is a guarantee. But then we have also seen that the Holy Spirit is like a dove. And we have seen that the Holy Spirit is upon us, kind of like clothes uh, that we put on, something that we put on. Right Now, in this study that we're going to do, and this is part three of Pictures of the Holy Spirit, basically the last part of um, the pictures, we're going to look at a, a few more. Now, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is like a seal. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, we read the following. It says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Then he says in verse 22, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. We've already looked at the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, but now we look at the Holy Spirit. Uh, the picture here is that he, he basically sealed us. Yeah, that, that's what God has done. He sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts. Right. So the Holy Spirit is like a seal. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, in him... You also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. All right, so the Holy Spirit here is described as a, a seal. Now, in the days of the Bible, a seal was, was quite important because it was basically used to mark someone or something, yeah, let's say something rather, it, it basically marks something that people will know to whom it belongs. So there was a seal on something, and then people would know, oh, okay, this, this um, thing or whatever belongs to that person. All right, there are places in Scripture that we will find that. Now, what is important about this seal is that this seal is not only, uh, or didn't only show um, ownership in those days, it actually showed us that the owner is the one who will protect his property because he seals his property. He basically puts a seal on it, and which means that mark, that seal that is upon uh, his property, he, he not only owns it, but he will protect it. Now, think of this picture. The Holy Spirit is a seal, which means he has taken ownership of us. We belong to God. That's the first thing. But not only did he, how can I say, take ownership of us by sealing us, 
No, no, no. What he did was he actually shows us because he sealed us that he will protect us. He will protect those who belong to him, those who love him, those who are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. All right. Now, for the Holy Spirit to be called a seal, it actually shows us that God owns those who are sealed. We belong to God. God is the owner, but also God is the protector. It also shows that God will protect us forever, those who have been sealed. Not just protect us, how can I say, in the here and now, but he will protect us forever. That's what the seal means. That's the seal that God seals us with, which is the Holy Spirit. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us, he is the guarantee, but he's also the seal. And because he is the seal, he is like an internal guarantee. He's an internal seal. He shows ownership for eternity. And he shows that the owner will protect us for all eternity. It's amazing. But then this, this idea of, us, of the Holy Spirit being a seal, it also shows us that God has authority over the people that he seals because it's God who seals. No? Remember that. that it, it is God who seals. It's not as if we one day decide, okay, no, let, let's uh, get ourselves sealed or let's get ourselves anointed. No, that's not how it works. Ephesians chapter 1.13, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel, so the gospel is the word of truth, nah? and that's the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, so after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So it, it works like this. We, all, we have to be saved first. And once we are saved, then, which means we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ alone unto salvation. Once we are saved... Once we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ alone unto salvation, we believe that he died for, uh, let's make it personal, he died for my sin, according to the scriptures, because in Adam, the first Adam, I am born in sin, that's the one thing, so I have no excuse because I'm born in sin, but then I also do sin, I commit sin, I, I do things wrong, and because I was born in sin, I have a sinful nature, and because I commit sin or I do sin, I am in deep trouble with God because God is holy and God will not allow unholiness to enter into his presence because God is perfectly holy. There is no spot or wrinkle or any uh, unrighteousness to be found in him. All right, so God cannot allow us into heaven because he's perfectly righteous, we are not. He's perfectly holy, we are not. He is completely sinless. We are not. All right. So God cannot allow us into, into his presence. All right. So what, what does he do? Uh, what did he do? He sent Christ to this earth. So we first have to acknowledge that we are sinners, uh, that we cannot enter into God's presence. We cannot have fellowship with God. We are actually enemies of God. And we, are, we acknowledge that we, we, we sin. Now we sin against God and we have sinned against God. And we are born into this sinful state called uh, the sinful nature. All right, so that's the one thing. And the moment I um, acknowledge my sinfulness, then Scripture tells me that Jesus Christ died for my sin on my behalf. 
as a substitutionary uh, a substitution for Mike's and he died a substitutionary death uh, when he took my sin upon himself and he paid the penalty for my sin. So he redeemed me. He he basically paid the price for my sin. Okay, this is all according to scripture. And then what happened? Jesus was buried to basically prove or show us that he he actually physically died. Right? He was buried. And then uh, on the third day, as he prophesied, and as we know from the Old Testament, that Jesus Christ would be raised from the dead. Um, after three days, he rose from the dead, of which uh, Jonah, you know, in the fish, is a picture of Jesus Christ that would would basically one day in the future that he would be in the grave and that he would from the grave be raised from the dead and um, then the good news of the gospel would spread and people would be saved just like Nineveh, Nineveh was basically saved. All right, so th- that's basically the gospel and if I am saved, if I accept the gospel, if I receive the gospel, if I basically confessed my sin and I repented of my sin, I turn away from it and I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ alone to be able to save me and that I cannot save myself and that I'm in need of a savior. If I believe all of that and I believe that Jesus Christ was buried and that he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven and he's now with the with the heavenly father, I am sealed. I received the Holy Spirit as a seal forever and ever. In fact, it is the Holy Spirit that enables me to make that profession, uh, to acknowledge my sin, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ alone unto salvation, to believe that he's going to come again. It is the Holy Spirit that enables me to do all those things. He is that seal, an eternal seal forever and ever that I belong to God and that I'm saved. So it's beautiful. And then, obviously, what happens is, just like the Holy Spirit is the guarantee, He is now the seal, the seal of ownership, but also the seal that the owner will protect me and take me into eternity with Him forever and ever. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely beautiful. All right. But then, the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit is like water. In John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, we read the following. Remember, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, the pictures of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. John 4, verse uh, 13 and 14 says, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. All right, this is physical water. Now he's speaking to the woman at the well. Verse 14, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will, con- will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And obviously, Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit here. Jesus says, if you drink normal water, you will thirst again. But if the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells you, okay, he will be like a fountain that will basically spring up inside of us into eternal life. Isn't that a beautiful picture? John 7, verse 38 and 39 says the following. It says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's also referring to the Holy Spirit. Verse 39 says, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom 
those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the Holy Spirit would come and the Holy Spirit would be like rivers of living water that will flow out of that person. Beloved, it's absolutely amazing. And, and that's what's supposed to happen to you and I. We, we are supposed to, to, to have this, this, this river of living water coming up out of us. Because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And this living water, obviously, what does living water do? It refreshes. Now, it, uh, it, it hydrates. It cleanses. There's so many things that we can say about water. Uh, in fact, without water, we cannot exist. Because our bodies are made up of so much water. Uh, and it's, the percentage is quite high. I think it's 70% or more than 70%. I'm not 100% sure. But the, the thing is, water is extremely important. So this picture of water is just absolutely amazing. That Jesus comes and he compares the Holy Spirit to water that will be like a river that basically um, how can I say, flows out of us into eternal life. It's a beautiful picture. Now, in, in John, this passage we just read now, John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39, Jesus basically used water as a picture of the Holy Spirit. And it was during the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the priest basically brought water from the pool of Siloam, and uh, the priest would then pour it out outside the altar, you know, as the person or the people were worshiping God. He would pour out the water. And this was amazing. It was a, a happy event. It, it was used to remind the people that the Messiah would reign. Uh, we see it in Zechariah chapter 14, verse 16 to 21. Now, at that time, now you must understand it's within th this context. Jesus basically spoke of the Holy Spirit as being like a river of living water which would be inside of believers and then flow out from them or out of them. It's beautiful. What a beautiful picture, specifically within the time that they were in and the fact that the priests were bringing water from, the, from, the, from Siloam, uh, from the pool of Siloam. Uh, and, and and pouring it out where the people were sacrificing. Speaking about Jesus Christ, who would be the Messiah, would be the perfect sacrifice, and he would uh, pour out the Holy Spirit. Now the, obviously, the Holy Spirit coming from the Father and the Son, and obviously from the Holy Spirit himself. And the Holy Spirit would be poured out, and the Holy Spirit would be like rivers of living water just coming out of believers. What a picture! And, and we know that in Scripture, water is basically used as a picture of the Holy Spirit to teach us the truth about eternal life. That eternal life, we, we come from this life into eternal life, and it is like a flow. Yeah? The flowing of eternal life already starts when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, and then He just flows into eternity, into eternal life. What a beautiful picture. Now, John 4, verse 14 says, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus, once again, speaking about the Holy Spirit. And the water that he would give people uh, would be the Holy Spirit. John 7, 
On the last day, that's verse 37 to 39, John 7. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow waters or rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit has not, was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. See, beloved, the Holy Spirit is basically oh, water. Now, this, this picture, water is a picture also of receiving the Holy Spirit. So beautiful, absolutely a beautiful, beautiful picture. The last picture that I would like to, to touch on is the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is like wind. John chapter 3, verse 8. When Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, you remember the scholar in Israel, and he didn't know about the rebirth, and he thought that he was going to be reborn again in his mother's womb, and Jesus said to him, you don't understand. That's not what's happening. You've got to be born spiritually. You've got to be born of the Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit must do something inside of you. You can't be born from your mother again. You have to be born spiritually. You've got to have the rebirth, which the Holy Spirit basically uh, does. Now, John 3 verse 8 says, The wind blows where it wishes. This is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. He says, And you heard the sound of it, or and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from. And where it goes, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. All right, so the Holy Spirit is the one who who causes the rebirth. He's the one who makes us born again. But we don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it's going. Because it is the Spirit of the living God. But what we do know is, once the Holy Spirit has given us the rebirth, we can definitely, uh, we, we know that something happened in us. Now, in this verse, basically, Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus what it meant to be born again. Eh? And then he compared the Holy Spirit to the wind. Now, just as the wind goes where it wants to, and no one can, no one can actually tell it where to go and what the Holy, Holy Spirit must, oh, the wind must do, just the same way, the Holy Spirit chooses where he will go. And he chooses uh, whom he will regenerate. No one can tell him where he must go and what he must do. It is a sovereign work of God. No? And, and in this case, a sovereign work of God, the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful picture that Jesus says he's like the wind. He come, he, we don't know where he comes from. We don't know where he's going. But everybody who is born of the Spirit, uh, obviously, we, we can look at them and then see, wow, something happened in that person. Because we become new creatures. No? The Holy Spirit does something, but it's the Holy Spirit who decides where he's going to go and what he's going to do. And because the Holy Spirit is God, it is God who decides. Because Jesus is God, it means it's God who decides. And, and that's such a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. So we see that the Holy Spirit is like wind. Uh, we've seen that the Holy Spirit is like water. We've seen that the Holy Spirit is, let's call him, the, is, 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 is like a seal. Yeah, he, he is, yeah, he's like a seal. Uh, the Holy Spirit is 
compared to oil is a there's a picture of oil um then there is uh the picture of the holy spirit being like fire but the holy spirit is also shown in scripture as being a guarantee all right and then the holy spirit is also compared or a picture of the holy spirit is that he's like a dove and uh the first thing we looked at was that the holy spirit's like clothes that we put on just a few amazing pictures of the holy spirit that we find in scripture i hope this has been illuminating to you this is something that that just kind of made you sit down and say wow this is amazing of the holy spirit some of these things we definitely know but it's good to be reminded of these but we also need to remind be reminded that these are just pictures of the holy spirit so please don't go and say that the holy spirit is a dove because he's not uh, he's not all the holy spirit is a fire no these are pictures okay and uh, these pictures tells us something about the Holy Spirit, him as a person, but also his work. Okay, that concludes basically our study on the uh, pictures of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads in a, a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you and pray to you as the living Almighty God. Thank you that we have these pictures of the Holy Spirit so that we can understand him better get to know him better, understand his work better, so that we can glorify him more, glorify you for what you have done. It's so amazing, Father. Go before us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for your love and kindness and everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Beloved, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. And uh, may the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead, may the Holy Spirit um, be everything in your life that is described and revealed to us in Scripture. God bless. Until next time. Bye-bye.